Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 34 and 35. Luke 13, 34 and 35. We're rebooting up there, right, guys? Okay, that's all right. Luke 13, 34 and 35. Uh, Are we there? Erwin Lutzer is the senior pastor at the uh, Moody Church of Chicago, and he shares a story. He says, I was preaching in the Midwest one day when a woman came to me with a little girl at her side. This woman showed by the cast on her arms and some scars on the side of her face that she had been in the hospital. She said, I was in the hospital because of very serious Uh, a very serious fire. There were burns over two-thirds of my body. My husband walked into the hospital room, took a look at me and said, you're not the woman I married. He left her to go and marry a younger, more beautiful woman. Lutzer says, human love says, as long as you stimulate me, as long as I can be proud of you, as long as you're beautiful, I can love you. If you change, my love for you changes. Well, that is kind of a stark illustration to begin a message about loving one another, but that's what this message is about. It's about loving one another. The premise of the series is that In a chaotic world, when so much seems to be falling apart, there's little we can do to fix it, but there's much we can do to fix ourselves. We have seen in the Word of God the importance of having a a tender heart. We've seen the importance of preparing for judgment. We saw that we should behave ourselves. We saw that we should be dedicated to the local church, and last Sunday, we saw that we should be walking in the light. all in light of the fact that Jesus is returning and the day in which we live is a good indication that it cannot go on that much longer. There are only two more messages in the series, and this one certainly belongs, and we must love one another. Our text is John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, we start with what we should already know. And there is for every believer a mandate of love. Excuse me. Jesus did not give a suggestion of love. It'd be a pretty good idea for you to love each other. I was hoping that you guys could love each other. I was thinking the other day, how wonderful it would be if they could love each other. No, he said, a new commandment I give to you. And then he said, you love one another. A new commandment I give to you, you love one another. You know what kind of statement that is? That's a because I said so statement. That is a, you do it because I said so. I want to talk to the the young people, the teenagers that are in the service today. There are a lot of things that your parents say to you in the course of your life. They tell you to to clean up your room, 
because it's messy. They tell you to turn the television down because it's too loud. They tell you to get up because you're going to be late for school. However, there is nothing that your mom or dad will ever say to you with more force and meaning and purpose than to tell you to do something because I said so. If they ever pull out the because I said so, here's what I suggest. I suggest that you get yourself up from whatever you're doing or not doing, and you go and do exactly what they want you to do, and you do it to the absolute best of your ability, and you do it with a smile on your face, whistle if possible, be extremely happy, because when they bring out the because I said so card, that is a tough card. That is a do not pass go, do not collect $200 card. That is a very serious card. And let me say this to you. It is meaningful from your dad. When your dad says, because I said so, that's meaningful. However, if your mom ever says it, if your mom ever says, because I said so, that's heavy. And the reason it's heavy is because it's right next door to the sentence, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of this world. It's right next door to that sentence. Because I said so statements are really important. You say, well, they don't make sense. They make perfect sense. They mean the next thing after because I said so, you're not going to like under any set of circumstances. So whether it's your dad, your mom, your boss, or whoever it may be, When they say, because I said so, then you do it. Now, when it is Jesus, when it is the Son of God, when it is God incarnate, and he says, a new commandment I give to you, you love one another. That is a because I said so. That is instruction for love or instruction to love. And if for no other reason we must love one another, Because Jesus said so. Here's the second thing that it is. We get an inspiration for love. Jesus went on to say after the because I said so statement, he says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now the last point in the message is because his model of love, is about his model of love. And so we'll only touch on it here. But the point is that there's nothing asked of the believer that is not first given as an example by Jesus Christ. John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. So we have the instruction for love. We have been inspired to love. And it's all because there's an identification of love. There's something happens when we love one another. In verse 35, it says, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. You ever gone into a church, and that church was filled with bitterness and strife and anger, backbiting, and 
And it was like if anybody lit a match in that church, the whole place would explode. Well, I want to tell you something. They are not demonstrating what Jesus said should be demonstrated, and that is that we have a love one for another. Churches are known by different traits. Some churches are known for their building. Some are known for the kind of music that they have. Others are known by great ministries within the church, like, for instance, North Florida Christian School. Everybody knows North Florida Baptist Church because of the great ministry of North Florida Christian School. Some are known by great events that they have. We know that at Killarn Methodist, they have the living nativity that you can drive through. They're known by that event. North Florida Baptist Church is known by the North Florida <clears throat> Passion Play. Jesus said that the way to be known is by our love for one another. He said that all people would know we're his disciples if we love each other. They can tell that we are his disciples if we love one another. Now, love is a powerful thing. It shows people that we belong to him. It shows people our place in him and our attitude toward him. Love is a, a mandate. We have a mandate to love. We have that mandate to love as instruction, and uh, we're given inspiration, and it is part of our identification. Secondly, there is the mercy of love. I watched <clears throat> something online the other day, <clears throat> a post about a pizza delivery guy who went into work early to deliver seven pizzas to a church. Did any of you see that? He went into work early to deliver seven pizzas to a church. And when he got there, somebody met him at the car, and they paid him for the seven pizzas. And they took six pizzas, and they said, I want you to take the last pizza and go inside and give it to the pastor. Now, the pastor, from what I gather, was in the pulpit preaching. And they wanted him to deliver that seventh pizza to the pastor. As a demonstration of the mercy of love, I think it would be worth watching this. So I want you to watch this video real quick. So I just feel the need to share this with everybody. So um, I work for a pizza place, obviously. Pretty much all of you know this. And... um, We don't open until 12 o'clock today, but I was asked to come in a little bit early for a delivery. So, um, you know, I I came in and uh, right as I got in, we loaded up my car with the food and I took it. And then uh, when I got to this delivery is to this church. And um, they came out to my car and they're like, Uh, take one pizza out of the seven or eight pizzas that they ordered and they're like bring it up to the pastor on on stage and I was I was like all like weirded out like why like this is so weird and um you know the most amazing thing happened you know this whole church came up
and gave me over $700 for a tip. It's just truly amazing. You know, I've been having such a, a hard time lately. Just struggling to stay clean and everything. And I'm just trying to get my life back. And it just really, truly just amazes me that people that don't even know me just wanted to help me out that much. Blessed. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's mercy in action. There is mercy in God's love, and it makes a real difference when it touches other people. We, we have to think about this when we see a world in chaos around us. We have to understand that the the love that is found in our mercy, God's love that is found in our mercy makes a huge difference. That church, I don't know what church it was. I don't even know where it was. That church could not fix the world, but they sure made a difference in the world of that pizza delivery guy. Here's what that verse we saw in our, here's what the verse we saw in our third message of the series uh, tells us in, in uh, about this kind of love. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then from the book of James, in James 5 and verse 8 and 9, you also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Here's what this tells us about the mercy of love. First of all, it tells us that love forgives. Our faith as Christians is based on the single premise of forgiveness, The only reason that we are believers is because of the price that was paid for our forgiveness. We are forgiven. That is the ultimate characteristic of our faith. We are forgiven. The forgiveness of sins was purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Jesus taught us to pray by reminding us that we are to forgive others as we have been forgiven. That's what love does. The mercy of love forgives. If you ever wronged someone or if you've ever been wronged to the, to the degree that you do not or you cannot love the person who wronged you, then there's probably some love missing. If you say, I love, but I, I cannot forgive, there's probably some love missing there. It may not be easy but love forgives. Do you forgive? If you don't, it says as much or more about you than the one that has wronged you. 
And quite honestly, it gives us a good indication of what's wrong with the world today. We are in the most intolerant, unforgiving time in the history of our world, certainly in the history of our country. We just don't forgive. We despise certain people's viewpoints, we dis- and, and they despise certain other people's viewpoints. But now, <clears throat> what has happened in America is we have said, you don't even have a right to have those viewpoints. And, and people are fighting against one another's viewpoints. And the reason is because they are missing the mercy of love. Love for gives. Here's some interesting words from an author. I don't know this author, so I'm not going to quote the source. It's a woman. And she wrote, people want love to be unicorns and rainbows. Then you send in Jesus. And people say, oh my, love is hard. Love is sacrifice. Love is trouble. Love is rebellious. As Leonard Cohen sings, love is not a victory march. It's a broken hallelujah. Love isn't hearts and bows. It is very controversial. In order for forgiveness to really happen, someone has to die or something has to die. Whether it's your expectations of a person or your idea about who you are, there has to be a death before forgiveness can happen. In all of these faith communities where forgiveness is easy and love is easy, there's not enough blood on the floor to make sense of that. All of a sudden, it becomes clear why Christians take forgiveness to heart. The blood on the floor is the blood of Jesus Christ. Love forgives. The blood that forgave you your sins should be the basis of your forgiveness of other sins, the sins of other people. I cannot forgive what they've done to me. I understand that then may not be the basis of your forgiveness. But my question is this, can Jesus in you forgive what was done to you? Jesus in him forgave what was done for him, which forgave you. So can the Jesus in you forgive what was done for you, done to you? We have the mercy of love. And if our country today, if we, if me, if I was filled with the mercy of love, then What's going on in the world today would turn out a little bit better because at least I was filled with the mercy of love. Love forgives. I'll tell you something else it does. Love forbears. It means it puts up with a lot. From 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What can I say? Love puts up with a lot, a lot. You, you can see that best in the illustration of a mother and a child. Um, my, my son Matthew the other day was up in Jacksonville, uh, and this was, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago. And Emerson and Avery are there. Emerson was approaching to Avery, more like four months. And, of course, Emerson's just a little ball of personality, and 
Avery is just a ball of trouble, all kinds of trouble. She is continual trouble. That's Avery. And, and Matthew, I said, uh, as he was going back home, I called him and I said, say, how, uh, how was your time with uh, Paul and Lindsay and, and the girls? He said, it was good. I said, what about Avery? He said, you know, Avery, she's unpleasant. <clears throat> I said, really? And he said, oh, yeah. I said, you know, messes up things, creates stinky messes and, and cries and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, I know that. You know that. Babies are a mess. But mothers put up with that because love forbears. Children can be messy. They can be unpleasant. They can be hard to train. And once you get them where that they are finally trained and they dress themselves and they eat properly and so forth, they leave home and go somewhere else. And, and love just follows them right away. You, you continue to love them, even though they're gone. You continue to love them. And then they get out on their own, and they make decisions that you would have never made. And you think, where in the world did that come from? And you think to yourself, are you, is this my child? And, and what are they doing? And I can't believe this. How can they be so dumb? Uh, or how can they be so this or so that? And then you realize, but wait a minute, that's my baby. I love my baby. You know why? Because love forbears. And there's a reason that love forbears, because love forgets. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, for I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. Psalm 103 and verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Isaiah 38, 17, behold, it was for my welfare that I had great bitterness, but in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. Do any of us need more than this? If we love someone, we forgive them. And if we forgive them, we are forbearing with them. And the reason that we are forbearing with them is because we forget what it was that we forgave. We just let it go. Whatever it was that caused us to have to forgive in the first place, we forget it. You just forget things. You clearly remember that you forgot it. It's one of the best places to live. I clearly remember that I forgot it. Someone sent me, after I made my announcement about my, my pending uh, retirement, someone sent me a really nice email. Several people sent me nice emails. I hadn't gotten a bad one yet. Uh, I've gotten all nice emails, Brother Larry. But this, this one made a statement to me about, I know that there were times when I was not, and they went on and they explained some things and so forth. And I read this email, and I really strained my brain to try to remember when they were ever not a good part of my life. 
I, I, I really had a hard time thinking. And, and they had a vivid memory of not being a good part of my life. And, and I, I, could not, I could not think. I mean, I knew the time frame that they were talking about, but I could not think of them not being a good part of my life. And that's certainly not because, it's not because Pastor Ray is senile. I'm getting older, but I'm not senile. But to be honest with you, things that are forgiven and really forgiven and forgiven for a length of time, they're forgotten. You just forget them. You're glad to forget them. And you clearly remember forgetting those things. And that's the way that it certainly should be. We're talking today about what we need to do in light of a world that is, that is around us. We need to love one another. And, and we have a mandate of love and there's mercy in love. Let me give you one more thing. The model of love. 1 John chapter 4 beginning in verse 7. Behold, or beloved, let, it, uh, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because uh, God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. What a great walk through and a little instruction manual of of love there. Let's see five aspects of this model of love and then we're finished. First of all, the state of love. Verse 7 again and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. I have probably made a statement in the past that something along the lines of a non-believer being unable to comprehend love, and it probably came from a verse like this, and, and I wouldn't say that the unbeliever is unable to, to love, but I will say this, that the quality of their love cannot be the basis of what we know in Jesus Christ. The love in Jesus Christ that gives us a capacity to love on a completely different level. Others can love one another, but knowing Jesus Christ gives us a different capacity, just like knowing Jesus Christ gives us a different capacity for peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. There is a peace that the world gives, but it's not God's peace. There is a love in the world, but real love comes from God. That is the state of love that each of us want to have and each of us want to know. The model of love is given in the state of love as given by Jesus Christ. There's the sacrifice of love. The state of love is possible because of the sacrifice. 
Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the sacrifice for love. 1 John 4, 9, we just read, in this, the love of God has been manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Jesus is the sacrifice of love. We see the the state of love. We see the sacrifice of love. And then thirdly, there is the satisfaction of love. What makes love satisfied in the Father's eyes? Well, verse 10 says, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, that's an interesting word. Propitiation, that's not a word that we use every day. You won't go to the Cracker Barrel today and order chicken fried steak with gravy and, and mashed potatoes and all those other things. You won't do that. And then sit back and pull your belt open and say, I am propitiated. Hey, you girls sitting back there about two-thirds of the way back, sit up and listen to me preach. I worked all day long on this sermon. Sit up and listen to me preach. Not kidding. You don't say, I am propitiated. Boy, that meal was propitiating. But that's what it means. It means satisfaction. It is the satisfaction. Jesus is the satisfaction for our sins. A holy God cannot allow sin into heaven. So how do sinners like us go to heaven where God allows no sin? There must be a satisfaction for our sins. And the satisfaction for our sins is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice is one of love, the love of the Father though the, uh, through the sacrifice of His Son. There is the state of love in our model. There is the sacrifice of love. There is the satisfaction of love. And then there's the sense of love. 1 John 4, 11, Behold, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Doesn't that make sense to you? Our love for God and others is based on our understanding of the love and mercy that forgave us. Luke 7, 47, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Do you want to do what you can to fix this chaotic world? Then you've got to learn to love one another. And so do I. We've got to love people that we like. We've got to love people that we don't like. We've got to forgive them. We have to forget it. We have to be forbearing. We have to get up and move on. We have to love one another. And all of that is done finally in the spirit of love. 1 John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. The Disney film Frozen takes place in the 
kingdom of Arendelle. It's hard for me to say that, but I think that's it, Arendelle. And the reason it's hard for me to say that is because just down the street from me is a road called Arendel. And, uh, but this is the kingdom of Arendelle, from which Princess Elsa has the power of freezing and creating snow. The princess gift is hard to control, especially around her sister Anna. So Elsa isolates herself in her room for fear of hurting Anna from her increasing power. Elsa is the one in the light blue, in case you haven't seen that. But Elsa continues to struggle. After an incident where Elsa accidentally freezes the kingdom, she flees to the mountains, and Anna chases after Elsa. But because Elsa is afraid she could hurt Anna, she demands that she leave. Elsa loses control of her power again and accidentally hits Anna in the heart. A family of trolls who greatly understand this kind of of magic, deep magic, tells Anna that the only an act of love can save her from death. And Anna sacrifices herself for Elsa when Elsa is attacked by those who are afraid of her power. Anna, Elsa asks, you sacrificed yourself for me. I love you, Anna replied. Olaf, that's the funny looking guy up there, and a snowman sidekick, remembering the troll's per- prediction, said, an act of love will thaw a frozen heart. An act of true love will thaw a frozen heart. Love will thaw. Of course, love. Strange, isn't it, how a cartoon can show us what we've always known. The sacrifice of Jesus demonstrates the love of the Father and not only can forgive us of our sins, but can thaw a cold heart. Are you cold toward somebody? If somebody hurt you, misused you, used you, abused you, created a sense of tension between you? Has somebody done something like that to you and you are just so mad you can't forgive? Then look, do this. Let the Lord Jesus Christ's act of love thaw your cooling or your cold heart. And I believe with all of my heart that if we can personally fix ourselves then what's going on in the world around us will be made better. And I know that we'll be made better.